0: customers are looking now to pull back on potentially spending you know uh, luxury items going out uh, for dinner some of those things that actually you would you would like to do so they're cutting back on some of those and we all know clearly that customers are cutting back on energy and all of those things so that means that they are becoming more price sensitive
1: hey everyone and welcome back to another episode of cx insider today we talked to piers watson Head of Customer Experience at NFU Mutual, known for their positive ratings, being named Which Insurance Brand of the Year 2022? In other words, Piers knows his stuff. In this episode, we explore the elements of trust and loyalty in customer experience, specifically in the time of a cost-of-living crisis, and we take a look at how this is affecting the insurance industry. Now enjoy the episode, and if you do, why not subscribe to our YouTube channel for access to the best content that CX Insider Podcast has to offer. By the way, this podcast is brought to you by ACF Technologies, global leaders in customer experience management solutions.
2: Hi Piers and thank you very much for coming on our podcast.
1: You're welcome, thank you.
2: So we always start with an introduction. Would you like to tell us a bit about yourself and what you do?
0: Yes, so I'm a Head of Customer Experience at NFU Mutual. Uh, NFU Mutual is an insurer, the general insurance provider, and as well as financial services as well. And with a heartland being in, uh, in the farm and, and rural sector. And we offer products and services across insurance as well as, as I say, financial services as well. Um, and my role um, at New Mutual really is, is to orchestrate customer experience right from setting that target state customer experience and driving what good looks like in the organization and driving that through to change programs and local change but then also really keeping an eye on what the customer is telling us so we can then identify whether there are issues or challenges that we need to fix and then making sure that that's actioned in the business. And, and when I joined, my, my um, uh, challenge was, well, actually, customers really do like NFU Mutual. We're, we're a well-known brand um, We've we've got awards with which, for example. So my challenge was not to break anything, basically, and come in and make sure we're maintaining that high level of customer experience as we go forward.
3: You mentioned you had a pyramid for creating great customer experience. Will you tell us a bit about that and what it involves?
0: Yeah, absolutely. This, this, um, this pyramid has sort of been really built on over the last few years in terms of my, my knowledge and experience of customer experience. And it is really in its entirety, everything you need to consider when considering customer experience that That first level is is all about um, doing things right. It's getting the basics right in our, in whatever you do in terms of your products and services it's and it's about the transactions so it's about making sure that when a customer engages with you, it's simple, easy, fast, clear, and that your staff and your frontline teams are are empowered to be able to deliver the service that customers are expecting of that and that's that's the basics. But it's more than just that, and a lot of customer experience professionals obviously focus on on that transactional layer with with digital, particularly. But building on that, now it's around relationships. So it's that personal touch. How can you be more relevant for that customer? How can you understand their needs in their moment of, in that particular moment of truth for that customer, and and build out that sense of um, understanding and awareness, and that that's really important. And I'll come on to that later on. And then the final top piece of the pyramid is that um, border piece in the community. So what, what role do you play? What's your purpose in the community? And making sure that um, customers understand that so that they are tuned to what your brand really wants to deliver. And also it's going beyond that transactional relationships. It's trying to be there before the customer needs you. So what can you do to actually help in, in terms of insurance, prevent risks happening? How can you guide customers and give them advice and guidance? And also reward them for their loyalty. So that is everything in that entirety of of, uh, customer experience in my mind. Mm -hmm.
2: So let's dive into today's topic. How to do things right and how to do the right thing in the cost of living crisis. Because customers don't give second chances in in a crisis. And how do you think that the cost of living crisis in which we are right now, how do you think this impacts the customer behavior?
0: We've seen from our research that customers, certainly in the last quarter, are, are definitely more concerned about generally uh, the cost of living and what that has in terms of their their purchase decisions. And we're seeing that concern that's greater than than in the in the second quarter of the year. And what that means is that customers are looking now to pull back on potentially spending, you know, uh, luxury items going out. Uh, for dinner, some of those things that actually you would you would like to do. So they're cutting back on some of those. And we all know clearly that customers are cutting back on energy and all of those things. So that means that they are becoming more price sensitive. And you can see from the Institute of Customer Service, um, the UK Customer Satisfaction Index, that when they asked customers, what was the most important thing you were going to consider in the next two years when engaging with a, a products and service provider? It was absolutely price. That was top of the list. So it is absolutely driving behaviour. But I think the important point to note in that study, it also said that customers, it's not just about price. It's about service excellence. And there's around 35% of customers who definitely pay more for a service that they believe is really providing that excellent service. And that's more than the 12% at the bottom are just purely about price. So I think that's the key point here is that it's, it's um, price, yes, but actually they're going to consider the service they're going to get. And I think the fundamental point for me is the second more important thing that customers are now going to be considering is whether they trust that organisation. And trust really is at the heart of this. If you've not built that reputation for a trusted brand, if the customers that that talk about you don't really trust what you do you're really going to struggle no matter what your price position is to be able to attract that customer and retain them. So that's absolutely key.
2: That's super interesting. How can you build reputation in crisis if you haven't built that before?
0: It's about customers do talk, you know, and um, if you've not built, if you've not built that reputation before, then it really is around delivery of that service. And it comes back to that pyramid again. It's around doing the basics well. It's about making sure that Customers are, uh, can access what you want and it's easy and simple to deal with you, but also that they can talk about you because you're there when it matters. And those sort of things are, you know, if you've not been broadly um, advertising it, those are the things that um, your customers will talk about and then they therefore those new customers that will come forward will be aware of what you're about.
1: In times of economic crisis, customers are indeed more price sensitive. But this doesn't mean they are always only looking for the cheapest option. Because trust creates loyalty. And loyalty brings continued custom. But how does this element of trust play out in the insurance industry?
0: Insurers, historically, and still to some degree now, uh, haven't really been in a trusted insurance. You know, insurance has not been a trusted industry. And at some point, it was almost insurers were less trusted than banks. And the reason for that, and to be brutally honest, is because when you're buying an insurance policy, you're buying effectively a 50 to 60 page document. That's what your product is. And you've got to understand, or well, what am I covered for? So it's traditionally been quite difficult to understand what you're buying. And therefore, there's already that, well, do I trust that they're going to pay out when I make a claim? But we've been working, the insurance industry has been working really closely with the, the Financial Conduct Authority, the FCA, over the last few years. And it has been building out improvements to how we... Explain to customers more about their product to make sure that it's simple to understand, but also about um, price and making it clear what you paid last year and therefore what you're paying now, and make it easier to understand. And so, therefore, I think the reason why it depends is it depends on how good that organisation is breaking down the barriers to explain to that customer everything and making sure that the customer fully understands what they're buying and why.
2: What kind of pressure does this place on the customer experience that the company delivers and, and what kind of challenges?
0: Absolutely. yeah. I would say there are three things to consider here. One is around just getting the basics right again. Um, the second is finding opportunities to, to really do what the customer may doesn't expect in a, in a positive way to find ways to delight that customer. And I think the third point is have your eyes and ears open in terms of understanding what the customer is telling you their experience and that's really important in these times so from a customer experience perspective all of those things matter so on sort of getting the basics right you know customers want to make sure that they're, they're hard-earned pounds um, that they're going to be you know what they see is what they get it's that Ron Seal moment isn't it and and that's really important so you know third in that survey amount of the, mo- the most important um, things that a customer will consider is ease and simplicity So absolutely, if you're going to be offering a service, particularly in these times, customer experience is all about making sure that you're taking out those friction points and making things easier and simple to deal with. And that's the basics. Then if it's about, well, actually, how can you go over and above and do something to impress that customer? And in insurance, that's, for example, where you have big storm events and you are actually going there to visit the customer and making sure that you're helping them get back on their feet. It's also about um, prevention and being, you know, um, how can we provide, for example, kits to help customers make their homes more protective and, and, um, I suppose, uh, prevent flood risk and and minimise flood risk, for example, if that happens. So there's a number of things you can do to actually just go over and above. And as I say, the final point is it's um, about making sure that you're really picking up on those signals that the customer is telling you. And you can do that through your normal channels, through training staff to pick up on signals through telephone, but also this face-to-face as well. But through voice-of-customer programs, it's being really clear on actually the sentiment that customers are giving you at that particular point. And it comes back to that pyramid again around, well, actually, what is the service you are aiming for? You know, that transactional excellence, that relationship level, are customers telling you that, yes, you're simple to deal with, you're easy, you know, easy to deal with, it's fast. Are they saying that, yeah, that that staff member I spoke to um, was really um, personable and they understood my needs and they understood the situation I was in. So being able to pick up, up on that and if you're not seeing that or if you're seeing signals to the detriment, then you can actually um, target activity in the business to address that particular need.
1: Piers mentioned the idea of reducing friction. Now, this can often arise with the introduction of digital channels, streamlining the customer experience to be as straightforward as possible. But when it comes to insurance, does face to face still have a place?
0: The digital channel is, let's, let's not let's be clear, is absolutely critical, particularly as customers um, want to engage with you and, and get on with tasks in a time that when they want to how they want to. And, um, where there's tasks that effectively it's easier to get on and, and do that digitally. That's really important, particularly with with customers and insurance. It's it's that time of need, let, and that's where you need to have that personal touch. So let me let me give you an example. Let's say, for example, you've 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 had you want to make a claim and you've got a simple windscreen claim. That's quite straightforward. It's not really emotive. Um, you just want it get it done simply. You just want to be able to process that quickly and. Digital is good for that. But let's say you've had a car accident or someone's burgled your home or you've had a fire, then actually, obviously, it's a much more of an emotional event, an event that it makes you more vulnerable. And that's really the point at which speaking to a human is going to be really important. And that's where staff can really help and put themselves in their customers' shoes, guide them through a process, hand-holding, all of those things that are are critical and and the customers expects, but you know once that customers um, been through that process and actually they're back on their feet, then then you can go back to self serve. So it really is about responding to that customer in the time of need and using those particular channels. And you know NFU Mutual is is um, we we've, we've got the the benefit of having a network of uh, nearly 300 agents around the country that are. Uh, close to our customers, they they're in those local communities. They understand actually the context that the customers are in. They understand what's happening locally. So that real local and personal touch is really important. And therefore, from a face to face perspective, having that dialogue with the with the agent um, really helps that that relationship. And you know, it's uh, very powerful when it comes to the choosing a service for the customer.
3: Because nowadays you can there's all these comparison sites where through them you can choose a, a service provider, insurance provider. How do you think personalization when it comes face to face at that touch point at the beginning?
0: Well, it's it's a good it's a good question. Um, you know, again coming back to that trust point and what, how you trust what you're buying. Being able to choose a product or service, um, and particularly insurance on a price comparison site, it can be made quite simple, and you can see all the prices. But you know, clear, clearly, do you understand actually? Are you covered for what you're you're really expecting to be covered for? And there's always that, from, from my previous research, there's always that level of doubt potentially that I think I've bought the right thing, but am I covered, you know? So, so that point, I think it's important if it goes straight through, but particularly with, with where, it, where the product is more complex, or maybe you've got a more unique need, like you've got a house with a thatched roof, for example, having that conversation with someone just really helps you get over um, that, that trust barrier. Um, and the other point that I think is really interesting, and what I found um, over the last few years, is that that trust issue. It's it's not just about trust in the in the provider, but it's trust in yourself as well as a customer. It's actually do I actually trust that I understand what I'm buying? And therefore, if an organisation can help a customer put them in a position where they're more confident about what they're purchasing, then that's really does help. That and again, you know, digital has a role, but also that personal touch through through that, that telephone or face-to-face, really make sure that the customer is confident about what they're doing.
3: What elements do you think make up or cre- can create that trusted relationship?
0: Well, I, I think, and when I when I talk about trust and think about trust, it, it, I go back to probably what is quite a cheesy example, but I'm, I'm not uh, going to apologize for that. It's that classic 1980s uh, team building exercise where you're standing on a, a table or something, and you need to fall back into some you know a group of people's hands, and you think, Well, let's think about that. you know you've got to trust that if you're going to do it, you've got to trust what's going to happen. So at that first level, it's thinking, well, actually, are those people able, strong enough, dependable, reliable that they're going to catch me if I fall, and those elements, those points around dependable being reliable, um you know transparent, can I see that they're there? Are, are the sort of foundations of trust. And we know that actually that's half of the battle. If you can get that sense of being, your customer knows that you're dependable, reliable, et cetera, that, that's really important. And then the second piece is, well, actually, do I think they're going to want to catch me <laughs> when when I fall? Actually, do they care about me? Do they care about what I'm interested in? Do they care about what I'm about to do? And that, again, is that, that second layer in terms of, you know that they're, they're going to, that they're going to be there for me they they care for me they' care for what I want to achieve and that that relationship piece is really important and then really the final piece is that whole context do I believe that they're buying into this whole thing of trust you know am i are they are they there to to realize that actually this whole thing is around trust and therefore you know the brand again it comes down to brand purpose what's that brand doing do I believe in that purpose do I believe that um actually they've their, their interests are similar similar to mine those those things are really important it's very important
3: for that trust to be established with the customer at your front line the people that speak to the customer they need to have that reassuring kind of let's say relationship with the customer how do you let's say convince or make someone be that trusted uh, person for the customer
0: it's it really is about tuning into again what that customer is going through at that point of need. Again, it's, you know, giving that claim example. If if actually someone's on the phone and they just want to get something done and it's efficient, then it's, it's about, you know, adapting what you're doing. You know, what you don't want are frontline teams that are, are just going through the same script and exactly the same process, no matter what customer's going on. You know, you know, imagine if you or oh, you just want to get something done, but you have to go through the same process. Obviously, there are legal things you have to go through, but it's about adapting how are you engaging with that customer, and therefore being more flexible? And that's what you need to train staff to do. So training to it to listen and show empathy and caring and understanding. Those things are are critically important um, to make sure that again that the customer then feels that they're listened to. And there's there's you know many techniques that are known around and how how you can train staff to do.
1: Now it could be said that we're living in a volatile time, and insurance is a volatile industry. Therefore, customer loyalty must play a crucial role for insurers looking to uphold exceptional customer experience. Yet, just how important is loyalty amidst such volatility?
0: It's super useful. I mean, we, we all know that, um, that the classic, you know, it, it costs less to keep a customer than it does to acquire a new one. But particularly in these times, we know that loyal customers um, tend to be more, that they, they are advocates of your brand. And therefore, you know, they're going to promote yourselves to other to other customers, their friends and family, and therefore you're, they, you're, you're attracting that poor. But also they are potentially more likely to buy more with you. And that's really important from, from, you know, loyalty means that they not only will stay longer, but they're potentially going to buy more from you. And also, which is interesting, is that coming back to that trust point, because they know you, they actually are quite often can go for self-service, that direct contact and using digital more because they feel that they know the brand, they know you really well. And so loyal customers get to know you and therefore it's actually from a provider point of view, there's a more cost effective way in dealing with those customers. And actually, they can be more forgiving with potentially smaller, smaller mistakes. Um, And what we know from research is that there's a real correlation between customers that trust you again and and, uh, loyalty and and actually in in the research that i mentioned the the institute of customer service that if a customer scores you 9 out of 10 or 10 out of 10 for trust i think it's around 87% of those customers are likely to stay with you longer so again it comes back to that theme of trust that you know if a customer trusts you then they're more likely to be loyal and the, the so what of that therefore is that you're going to get customers as to say that are going to themselves do more with you but absolutely tell others about it Are there any methods that you can measure
3: trust? Or how do you know that you've built that trust to the customer?
0: It's a good question. The the easiest way and the most direct way is asking that question. And you can do that through your voice to customer program or through ad hoc surveys. So you're literally asking that question, you know, rating you out of 10 or five, you know, 10 being, I absolutely trust you, most trusted and don't trust you at all being on the other scale. And You can ask that question directly. but also, if you don't have that question, again, it's about picking up on those key themes that I talked about before. So it's listening to what customers are saying, whether that's through your surveys and voice of customer or through telephone conversations and recordings. You know, are customers telling you that you're being simple or that it's difficult for you to, for, to deal with you? Are they telling you that, yeah, actually, they listen to me. They they understood my personal situation. You know, they related to me. Are we picking up themes like that or not? Or actually, you know, they didn't understand me. It was very, they, they put me through a process that didn't work for me. And also, you know, actually, are we picking up signals about, yeah, I really like the brand. That This is a brand that I really buy into and that I, that I want to pick up on. So if you're not asking that direct question, you can absolutely find those signals to see whether it's a customer as it, you know, are there signals that are saying actually yes they trust you, or are they are they actually saying well actually there's some things in there that could undermine trust, which goes back to some of those fundamentals around you know what what drives trust in the first place.
2: I have a personal question. Mm. Do you have experience where your trust with a brand was was broken?
0: Well, yes, actually, what comes to mind, um, I, I I won't mention the brand, but we all know particularly now when people are starting to think about holidays for the next year and you get this, you know, dynamic pricing where you've been looking at maybe a holiday rental or or a hotel or something like that. And you've been looking at for a while and you're hesitating a bit and then you come back to it and you start to see that price going up, you know, mm-hmm. and you think, hold on a minute, you know, you're just doing that because you know that your cookies in my phone or whatever. And it comes down again to, you know that transparency about price—it's that—it's that basic level of can I rely on you? Are you dependable? So those are sort of things where you think, well, actually, I've really, I really—I don't trust you now because I feel that actually you're not giving me what I would normally expect in terms of that level of service.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I know this with airlines. With airlines, you need to book very quick. And better don't look twice, otherwise, <laughs> otherwise the prices will go Well, it cohesive. really puts, yeah. it makes
0: it, 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 then almost you're, you're gamifying it for the customer, and the customer then has to find ways around it, you know. And mm-hmm. that already creates that that mistrust, and you think, well, actually, what's going to happen next? And we've had obviously all the the challenges post COVID around um, cancellations and things, you know. So it's about do I understand? Do I are they going to deliver what I'm expecting them to deliver? And if they're dependable and reliable then that's, that's great. But if you think, mm, I'm not sure, actually, I'm not sure whether it's going to happen for me, even if you've paid the price, then you're saying, well, it, it doesn't build that level of trust. And actually then, coming back to our cost of living crisis, if you then see another or a, a competitor and actually they're offering a better price, you may switch to them. Whereas actually, if you really trust that brand and they're absolutely dependable, you're going, well, I'm not going to go with them because I trust this brand. I know what they're for. And that, that's the key point, I suppose.
3: Have another question is when it comes to insurance because it's it's a bit of a faceless kind of service in the terms that it's not like a retailer where you buy you like the style and all that things. There's a big pool of customers that you don't interact with. They just pay the monthly fee and they don't need any cover or nothing happens to them and they just pay. so you don't have any interaction with them. How do you know of
0: those customers? You know, the, it depends, again, on, on your customer base and, and the types and products and services you have. But the, you can have the situation. And I've seen surveys um, before in in my career where customers are giving you in that classic net promoter score um, scale. They're giving you a five out of ten. And the reason why they're giving you five out of ten is they just is that shrug of the shoulders. I don't have a relationship with you, so I don't know how to rate you. And that, that is a challenge. Um, and what it is is making sure that um, you can provide value-adding um, interactions uh, where where it supports the customer. What you don't want to be doing is trying to overtly contact the customer when they just want you to get out of the way. And by those value-added things, now is is you know particularly in insurance, you can use data a lot more to give customer information around you know crime in their area, for example, or or weather patterns and and almost. You know contact customers give them more information ahead and there are a lot more services built, built in now for uh, that um, you can do with farming for example that gives gives farmers more information up front so you can create that dialogue that allows you to have that relationship but it's got to be on the customer's terms and value adding for the
2: customer as well cool yeah great
1: thank you for listening we hope you enjoyed the episode Why not subscribe to our YouTube channel for access to full length videos, clips of chapters and also YouTube shorts for our best moments. If you want to join our growing community of thought leaders, head over to LinkedIn and follow us at CX Insider Podcast to stay updated. Thanks again, and I'll see you in two weeks. But for now, enjoy our rapid fire questions. By the way, this podcast has been brought to you by ACF Technologies, global leaders in customer experience management solutions.
2: We have a couple of rapid-fire questions, okay. if you're okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so my first one is, uh, what's your favourite childhood TV show?
0: Oh, good question. Um, I think I quite like Canberra Green, actually. That's quite a funny one.
2: <laughs> if you were on a deserted island with nothing, what would you do?
0: I think for me, I, I love, I'm very interested in nature, so... Um, um wildlife and biodiversity i would be i you know there's so much you can see in uh insect life birds animals etc so i would be fascinated about that that they can tell plenty of stories plenty of days
2: okay interesting i would probably start crying (laughs) (laughs) um if someone were to play you in a movie who would you want it to be
0: so oh my good good that's a very good question um do you know what? I don't know. I'd have to think about that one. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's fine. I'll skip to another one. What's the most underrated customer experience tool or technology and why?
0: I would say what comes to my head straight away and first is, is probably the phone. And and because, again, you know, we know that digital can do a great job, but it is about that ability to speak to someone and to have someone showing their empathy, and particularly over through COVID times, etc. It's, it's really important to that personal touch again. So, yeah. Underrated is probably the phone